0: looking forward to a long night of the soul welcome to handle pod gentlemen boys and girls welcome to episode 343 of hand of pod i'm sam kelly and i'm joined this week by andres hello welcome welcome andres thank you for coming um we are beginning with uh the women's world cup but obviously uh the introduction had a lot to do as well with the men's copa america team uh tomorrow is the shortest day down here in the southern hemisphere which means either tonight or tomorrow night is the shortest night. I can never remember exactly which way round they go. Um, and it's the longest night, sorry, and it's going to be a long night for, Leo, for Lionel Eccalone, um, who has got a lot of thinking to do, but we will get onto that a bit later. First of all, we want to start with something positive, um, albeit not as positive as it might have been, because as we record, uh, the Women's World Cup campaign is already over not however thanks to defeat to Scotland because as most of you are probably aware that didn't happen Um, the Women's World Cup campaign is over by virtue of Cameroon versus New Zealand having ended in a victory for Cameroon to one a couple of hours ago Uh, so congratulations Cameroon but that uh, win means that Argentina are not going to be one of the four best one of the four best third placed I was struggling with that last week as well um, teams In the Women's World Cup, in spite of a heroic comeback, they became on, uh, what day is it now? Wednesday? No, it's Thursday, isn't it? So they became on Wednesday um, the first team in Women's World Cup history to go 3-0 down and still get something from the match. Not a bad way to claim only a second point ever. Anyway, to qualify to the round of sixteen with only two points would
1: have been a bit weird. Anyway,
0: yeah, but I mean that's that's what happens yes. with these funny six group yes. uh, championships with a round of sixteen uh, and so four I mean... teams that are in third position
1: that are mm. that can qualify. Uh, yes, and Cameroon, the, the the Cameroon victory was quite similar to the Argentina draw uh, uh, yesterday because they 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 won or they they scored the the second goal. To win two one to New Zealand in the last minute or what well, ninety five, ninety fifth. Oh wow, minutes. yeah, ninety
0: fifth minute. I've only just seen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, um,
1: which Argentina was had the same luck luck after a very long uh, penalty shootout. Not shootout. Uh, yes, the shoot of the penalty because of the well, uh, the bar and then the the, the goalkeeper uh, slightly going ahead of the line and and, and so that the referees uh,
0: yeah. made repeating the the, the penalty. Uh, Obviously, I, I assume that we have some Scottish listeners, so sympathies to uh, to you lot in particular. Um, the replay, at least that we got here, uh, it, it, it looked like she was uh, Kim Alexander was was a little sorry, not Kim Lee, right? Is the name I think? I should just get the eleven up, shouldn't I, with the names? Um, was had had you know quite clearly stepped off the line. But my impression that I got from my Twitter account was that maybe you got slightly different. Replays uh, in the UK um, With it But tremendous drama And regardless of uh, the, the stuff around the penalty the, the character that Argentina showed To get back into it Was just amazing um, yes. You know the, the, the point in the first match against Japan Was, was gutsy and back to the wall um, And actually the, the, the match as a whole I thought it was a, it was a pretty even game Argentina maybe shaded the first half. Scotland certainly shaded the second and uh, indeed went 3-0 up. But um, there's only so much sympathy um, that one can have when you can't hold on to a 3-0 win with 15 minutes left. Um, And one of the things that I found myself asking was, while I entirely understand Carlos Borrello's um, philosophy as a manager to go with the girls that have got him there to go with the, the, the players, in some cases, the players who he took to the previous Argentine appearance at the Women's World Cup back in 2007, because of course he talked, um, oh God, I'm forgetting names all over the place. He talked about Banina Correa into coming out of retirement to be the goalkeeper for the national team. Um, but I did wonder, in hindsight, might you have put Dalila Polito in? At some point, a bit sooner than the last fifteen or twenty minutes of of the final group game, if he'd realised she was going to play like that, because she came on. Uh, she's a seventeen year old River Plate playmaker um, who I only found out yesterday when I looked her up. As when I heard she was about to come off the bench, I thought, right, let, let's find something out here. Um, made her River Plate first team debut at the age of thirteen. So she's been playing in River's first team for four years now, and she's only seventeen years old. Um, and she was brilliant. I mean, she set um, she set up um, uh, Milagros Menendez's goal to make it three-one. Ran the game from that point. Um, she was absolutely superb. Florencia Bonsegundo was the scorer of the. Oh, uh, this, the app that I've got down here has actually got it down as Alexander own goal. It might have come come off Alexander's back after it hit the bar, uh, but the television here gave it to Bonsegundo. Um Uh, after hitting the crossbar and then obviously scored the penalty um, in tricky circumstances. Although, at the same time, this has to be a bit of a whinge about VAR because the... uh, By and large, by the way, I I support VAR and there are going to be teething troubles in the first few years of it being used, I'm sure, but in the long run, I think it's going to be better. Um, But I I thought that Grant Wall, who is not somebody who I always agree with by any means on Twitter, made one good point... um, after it all happened on Twitter, which was that for the men's implementation of VAR, and and this is relevant, of course, because they are entirely different sets of referees. Uh, Women's matches are nearly always refereed by women. Men's matches are nearly always refereed by men. Um, And so the male referees got to test things out and to work out how to work with VAR at the Confederations Cup, at the, if I remember rightly, the last under-20 World Cup, the one that England won... um, yeah the last but one I guess now because this year's one's just finished Um, but you know they got other competitions whereas for the women the test event for VAR is the Women's World Cup they they haven't tested it until this point Um, so to have a referee who didn't appear to know quite how to handle it and and how to deal with everything was um, is is not entirely surprising and also it's exposing maybe some little wrinkles in the laws of the game as they are which until now have been covered up or or have sort of flown under the radar a bit because of the fact that we didn't have this capacity to analyse everything quite so much and as a result you've got Alexander moving off the line at the penalty just a fraction too soon when that really wouldn't have been picked up but or mattered that much that, That's something also that uh, comes uh, and, and we can
1: discuss because it, it, it's legal or it's right for, for the free to Make uh, shoot the penalty again uh, because of the of the of the goalkeeper going off the line, but it was so subtle that in a in a competition like, for example, Copa Libertadores, or I mean South American continental cups, this that wouldn't even uh, uh, be close to 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 be repeated. Uh, I mean, in the World Cup, things are different, and and the rules are really uh, being uh, uh, there to 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 uh, comply with them but uh, I, I don't I don't even uh, think I don't think that that for a, a a cup or or a superliga for example when they say that there will be some some time uh, I don't know whether in which when it will be implemented but there will be bar to to make repeat a penalty because the the goalkeeper went off the line that that I mean, minimum terms, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was happening during the Under-20 World Cup as well, and, and there was obviously a bit less made of it, possibly because fewer people were watching the Under-20 World Cup. Um, but the other, you know, it, it is, that is going to make penalties. If a penalty is currently, whatever, like three quarters of them are scored or something, It's gonna that percentage is going to go up to 90% if you're going to be using this for every penalty. Um, and that's therefore going to make punishments particularly in parts of the penalty box where realistically there's not much chance of a goal, but the ball hits a hand, say, on the byline way out near the end, 18-yard box and a penalty gets awarded. Um, it's going to make those punishments much more, uh, shall we say, disproportionate, maybe? Um, but And we will have to get used to uh,
1: having a lot of minutes
0: added to the 90, Which did not happen on Wednesday, yes. uh, because yes. that was the other thing with perhaps the referee not being completely au fait with, with the use of VAR, was that she added,
1: I mean... The, the four minutes that were uh, used
0: for the penalty. On, yeah, exactly. The, she, she added that, and, and most of that was used for the penalty, and, and then there was another minute added on afterwards, and then she blew up when the ball had been dead for something like eight minutes or eight and a half minutes between, effectively dead, between the, the moment that the that the handball happened and the ball actually hit in the back of the net from the retaken um, spot kick... And that actually ended up screwing both teams because Scotland needed a win, of course, to to be hoping for a miracle uh, in today's two matches and to have gone through themselves. If Argentina had gone on and actually managed to get a fourth in in the last couple of minutes, and the way the momentum was swinging, you wouldn't necessarily bet against it, um, then they would be in the second round. They wouldn't have needed to worry about these two matches today, which ultimately the first one of which has ended up putting them out. Um, They would be in the second round. And in fact, they would have finished second in the group because Japan lost to England. Um, So the, the ref ended up screwing both teams by not adding on stoppage time, which is, I'm sure it must have happened in some way or other before, but it's the first time I can, um, that I've remembered seeing it happen. Um, it was a very strange situation. But, you know, the positives um, for, for, for the women's national team, two points and a goal difference of minus one. When the previous best ever attempt at a World Cup, uh, women, an official women's World Cup, was no points and a goal difference of minus 14. Um, it, it's leaps and bounds, better and it's come, I think I made this point um, on Hand a Pod Extra which which I recorded on Friday with, with Tony um, when he came around to watch the England-Argentina game. It's come at, at the best possible time for women's football in Argentina because the league is just about to become professional as a result of which female footballers in Argentina have made more headlines this year than any year before um, and people are sitting up and paying attention and it. Although there are, unfortunately, still a large number of of blokes um, who are saying very blokey things about it not actually being football and all the rest of it, um, it's going to get increasingly more difficult for them to do that, I think, given over time. And also given the Argentine attitude towards the love of a winner, let's say, and, and the love of a team who play... With the kind of spirit and togetherness um, and that they were showing.
1: Anyway, I would like to be wrong, but I don't think I am. About why a uh, female football, Argentine female football, has uh, have, had this year a lot of headlines, like you said, and I think it is because of the dull image that the male Argentine national football has.
0: It's possibly uh, it's, helped. It's,
1: yeah. it's giving, and, and they need to compare to compare. Uh, and, I haven't read any compar- comparison, but I think there were a lot about the how the well they don't put eggs because they don't have, but the, the guts of the female players against the not that very much guts of the me male players, um, given the results and given how the image they both teams had uh, gave uh, uh, just one day before the the day of the flag national flag because it's today.
0: Yes. Yeah, happy Flag Day to our Argentine listeners. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, obviously, one of the things that you really shouldn't do when covering women's football is make comparisons constantly with the men's game. Um, but in this one case, it's actually far more disparaging to the men's national team at the moment. To make and because comparison. they play the same day, yeah, they play the same day. And because there is such a complete lack of character, um, as we will get onto in a minute. But it, I, I just, I, I think that there's a great. Um, it, it's optimistic, I think. If, if Argentina managed to improve this much after four years during which, so since the last World Cup, I'm saying, since Japan were last in the World Cup final, Argentina have had two years of not playing any matches at all um, for two whole years because the AFA just didn't want to organise any fixtures for them. Um, as a result done. of which, FIFA removed their ranking. They were actually unranked for a while because they FIFA considered them an inactive national team. Um, when they came back, they had to take the AFA to court to get them to agree to pay them a daily stipend whilst they were on national team duty of, and I hope you're sitting down here, $8.50 a day. That's $8.50 per day. Um, which is, I mean, for those of you who don't really do foreign currency exchange and who live in Europe or the UK or whatever, that's about six quid, £6.50, something like that. Um, the AFA didn't want to give them that. And so they in Europe... And they had a wonderful training complex where a lot of the women were going on a you know, weekly or two-weekly basis. The kind of organisation that the AFA would love to be able to have with the men's team, but obviously can't because the men's team are largely in Europe. Um, the women's team members, who obviously are uh, amateur for their clubs, were going to the AFA to, to train on a semi-regular basis. And in spite of the fact that the main pitches that the men are allowed to train on weren't in use because the men weren't there, they had to train on the AstroTurf instead. On this one AstroTurf pitch they've got, rather than any of the 10 full-size, competitive, beautifully maintained pitches that one of the uh, you know most important football associations in the world mm-hmm. puts on for its its male stars. Um, so for them to have come this far, three months or four months after the AFA, having had their arms twisted up behind their backs, has gone, maybe we could find enough money to pay you as much as a fourth division team in the men's yes. pyramid. Um, five hundred dollars, more or less. three hundred and fifty dollars, I think it is ah, per 50. month. Um, it's 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 remarkable, and it it makes me very optimistic, uh, from from Argentina's point of view, about what they might be able to manage, come the next World Cup or the one after that. Nice. Um, when as I made the point with with Tony on on how Pod Extra, there are going to be girls coming through. In the next World Cup squad, certainly in the one after that, who have watched the performances in this group stage and have been inspired to take up football I, as well? I think of it's, a sum, it's
1: a sum to start with, uh, only because, of course, it's a less than a minimum salary in Argentina, which is low because of the dollar uh, increasing value. Uh, but anyway, it's lower than a minimum salary, so I think it's a good start, but only a start. And uh, if AFA. Well, you're optimistic, and I think you are. It's good, or, or you're right to be optimistic. Optimistic, but the only reason why is just uh, the, the the way that Argentina or Argentina played uh, against, uh, especially against Japan and against um, Scotland. Even when they lost only one England against England, so uh, of course we think or we uh, expect for Alpha Director to to. To have watched these matches and understand why they have to give more support, much more support than they have, they have been giving to the female players and female football specifically, mm. uh, like in other countries, have are, since a lot of time going. Uh, and, and this is something that uh, can't wait because Argentina, um, Argentinian national, uh, male national team. Has a lot of organization problems, but they have the money to to organize better. Uh, and the female female players or female football, they don't even have that money to have a better organization. So it's a really really uh, it's a good start, but only as I said, I think only a start, and they have to continue. And and if it's necessary to to protest because they now have the attention they have because of the protest and and the and the and making their, their, these uh, situations visible to the people.
0: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, as, as you said at the beginning of, of that, one of the... Um, it, it, it's not a lot of money. And one of the uh, women involved in this squad, I cannot remember who it was. I have a feeling that it was the second or third goalkeeper. Um, but I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to attribute any uh, opinions or words to anybody who didn't actually say them. And I, I can't remember. But... but um, she said "It it isn't very much. It, it's not enough to live off, but it's a hell of a lot more than we were getting before. Um, yes. So I think that we can probably expect um, a fair few protests, particularly uh, in a country where inflation has for the last year and a half or so been 30 or 40 percent um, annually. We can expose some protests if in six months' time these wages remain at the same level and aren't going to be matching the inflation index or whatever. Um, And eventually they should be pressing for proper full-time job wages Um, because that is how you're going to be able to improve as players, by training full-time. But being able to train part-time and and not have to scrape by and, and, you know, in, say, Vanina Correa's case, quit football after giving birth to Twins in order to uh, have a job working as a cashier in order to bring them up maybe having some money coming in from uh playing football would have been useful for her albeit of course she, yes. the division that she plays in the the local um santa fe provincial league is not going to be professional anyway, but she would have had that op- opportunity to maybe take it on. Uh, and and not uh,
1: having the i i don't uh, try to get into politics, but we know apart from uh, from that that this government is not very a friend of protests. Precisely. (laughs) So, to protest in the streets uh, is not very well considered by them. And and, uh, so, uh, but uh, in the other hand, protests have been have achieved a lot of things in the past. So, uh, even quietly protesting, but not to quit the 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 protests and and and, and to claim what it's for them, what is fair for them. I mean. Mm.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Uh, we will move on now and talk about less optimistic things. Uh, the men's national team, a national team who Argentina can be a little less proud of, perhaps at the moment, than the women's national team. Um, since we last recorded, they have got the Copa America underway with, as you probably heard, a 2-0 defeat to Colombia. And then yesterday, a uh, 1-1 draw with Paraguay. And... Um, Lionel Scaloni continues to insist that the best 45 minutes that Argentina have played in the Copa America are the 45 minutes during which they conceded the two goals to Colombia. He says that the second half of that match was the best Argentina have played. Um, Even when somebody put the question directly to him in his press conference after last night's game, uh, he still said that was the best we've played. Um, And when somebody said, do you think the second half, the start of the second half tonight against Paraguay was... uh, was better than that. He said, I don't know whether it was better. We were more dangerous, but I don't think it was better. Which made me think, eh? What? What does that mean? I'm not sure Leonardo Scaloni knows what he means. Um, Because he's not a football manager. He shouldn't be doing this job. Uh, I mean, at least Diego Maradona had his badges before they gave him the job. Scaloni... Mm. Just turned up at the AFA with well, San and then when Sam Pauli was left left and Scaloni stayed, he said, "I'd like to be a manager," so they gave him the under twenty job and said, "You can do your badges while you do it." And, and, and
1: to to start uh, uh, exp- exposing the, the how it's uh, uh, a national team doing, uh, you could say or you could only only to start with uh, that against Colombia was the first uh, official match from Scaloni in the bench. Uh, you you are talking about Copa America. As the official uh, first first official match from uh, for him in the bench, because of course previous uh, matches were were friendlies, were preparation friendlies, um, and in this case was uh, the the I mean not the first official match in the bench for Argentina, the first official match as a coach. I think. Yeah,
0: as his career. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yes, that is only to to give a, like a view of, of, of what is happening with, with the national team right now uh, and if he says that um, Colombia the second half against Colombia was the best uh, uh, Argentina uh, presentations uh, so far, well that's very poor, of course, because uh, if you take that as the best, of course, only two matches, but, but uh, improving the, the, the attitude, not the football. Uh, That means that, yes, he's a bit lost, I think.
0: The way that both matches have gone so far, uh, for those of you who have not been able to watch the Copa America, um, is that the first halves of both of them have been just atrocious, um, both from an Argentine point of view, and perhaps, I mean, it's not as if Colombia or Paraguay were brilliant in them either, but Argentina were truly awful. Um, And then the second halves in both cases, have been uh, started off by a slightly brighter 15 or 20 minutes, um, after which Argentina promptly collapsed again. Um, the reasons are slightly different. In the Colombia match, in, in, at half-time, Angel Di Maria was replaced by um, Rodrigo de Paul. I was about to say Giovanni Lo Celso, but I knew it wasn't him, and I was trying to remember who's the other one who I'm getting him mixed up with, by Rodrigo de Paul. Um who was instantly much livelier, added some width to Argentina as a result because they were playing with 11 men, essentially, all of a sudden. Um, And they had that outlet. Um, And it wasn't sustainable. It it was a case of just chucking everything forward. Against Colombia, the key change, it was really simple. And and I I put on Twitter afterwards that the, the... the change between the first and first half and the start of the second half as a result of that substitution I'll tell you which substitution it was in a second. Um, and then the change immediately after Scaloni decided to essentially reverse the substitution, um, were just there was so much night and day that it made me think this must be how people who are employed by like the top clubs in the world to do nothing but analyse football all day and every day, and who, when they watch a football match, just see the spaces on the pitch and the players' relationship with that space and the ball's relationship with the players moving around the space, and they and they see that as easily as you or I breathe in and out or you know, as easily as, as any of us do a job that we're good at. Um, that must be how they feel all the time when they watch football because it was such an obvious change to spot. It, it, it was like... It, it, it was just, it was there right in front of you. Um, it was so simple. And Scaloni apparently didn't see it. So the change was, for those who weren't watching, uh, Argentina played the first half in broadly uh, sort of 4 3 3, with um, a front three of, of Lionel Messi and Rodrigo de Paul on the wings and Sergio Aguero on his own up front. Uh, the change that, that, that was made um, at the start of the second half was to throw Lautaro Martínez on for... Was it Leandro Paredes? No, he stayed on, didn't he? Yes. Uh, Guido one Rodriguez, of the other midfield. No, Guido Rodriguez didn't play. It was for one of the other midfielders. Ah, uh,
1: you, uh, you mean yesterday I you, you were asking... Yeah. No, no, for the, for, uh,
0: for the Paraguay game. Uh, it was... Oh, God, I've still got Women's World Cup on my phone. Here we go, Copa America. Sorry, everybody thought I had this on my phone already and forgotten I didn't Um, the change was that Aguero came on for Roberto Pereira whose involvement in central midfield to start with was a bit weird Um, because he's not used to playing in the centre no exactly there were times during the first half where he was kind of pulling wide to the right and Messi was dropping inside and I thought oh okay I wonder whether that's what he was thinking so they can switch positions a bit but as a midfielder he's I mean Pereira hasn't played there for three or four years um, he's been doing really well on the wing so I don't understand why you wouldn't use him as a winger if you're going to use him um, anyway the change was to throw Aguero on for Pereira drop De Paul back into midfield um, at which point the front two were Lautaro Martinez and Sergio Aguero playing as a front two with Lionel Messi in behind them and immediately Messi started to play much better far more influential argentina's midfield started to look a lot better because every time they looked up when they got the ball in midfield they didn't have a paraguayan right in front of them they had a paraguayan 10 meters in front of them because the paraguayan defense were having to play 10 meters deeper because they were having to deal with two center uh, two center forwards but the center backs had to be on somebody um that meant that the fullbacks couldn't push up as far either it, it changed the entire complexion of the game and it led directly to the equalizer because the equaliser came from a ball up from the midfield, which Aguero scrapped to get back, nudged it back to Lautaro Martinez, who hammered a shot goalwards, which hit a Paraguayan arm. Um, I, I got stuff on Twitter afterwards from, I'm assuming, from a, a, either a Paraguayan or a Paraguayan American um, on Twitter saying, oh, but it wasn't deliberate, but it was like, right, but his hand was raised at, uh, at head height. It's not like some of the let's say an in inverted commas, the modern VAR penalties that we've seen where it's down by your side and it hits you and it doesn't really do anything. But now that we've got VAR, it becomes a penalty. This was an old school. The referee admittedly did need VAR to see it. But once it had been pointed out to him, there wasn't, I thought, that much that was controversial about it. You, you can't, as a centre-back, you can't have your hands at head height in the penalty box and expect to, you know, not give away a penalty course, if the ball hits it. Of course, with no VAR, the, the, the play will... How, yeah, it uh, would have been an Argentina corner, because yes. um, it hit the crossbar and, and went over. Uh, oh, no, it didn't, sorry, did it? It hit the crossbar, came back, yes. and then Messi's, Messi's follow-up shot was saved. Some, some people compared that play to the one,
1: uh, I think it, it was the commentator on TV, saying that it was similar to the Casc- uh, Skokos, um, uh shot that uh, hit Bresan's hand in, against Grêmio in the semifinals of Copa Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Because River players, neither River nor the national team players, protested or asked for the penalty. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. exactly. No, nobody actually saw it happen because it happened so quickly at the time. But then, once once the replays got shown, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's probably a penalty. Um, anyway, the penalty was scored. So, the exact setup, the exact three players who were most involved in that change of setup, Aguero, Martinez, and Messi. Um, were were the three who who combined for the penalty because Messi scored the penalty and almost immediately after um, the penalty got scored um, Angel Di Maria got sent on oh ok 10 minutes after in fact so that's a a little bit um, longer than I thought but Argentina continued to look good continued to have Paraguay on the back foot continued to look the more likely team then to find a second goal and then Scaloni went ok that's quite enough of that Hauls Martinez off puts Di Maria on Back to something like a four-two-three-one, but the crucial bit is the one up front on his own, and immediately Paraguay started to push forward again and look at the far more likely winners. Um, and it's just, I don't understand. I, I do understand, of course, how how Lionel Scaloni becomes Argentina manager because I've been following the Argentine national team for the last sixteen years um, and for the last fourteen or so really closely um so I know all of the changes I know exactly why he's there he's there because he was the last man standing he was still contracted to the AFA and he was the cheap option now now he's also Minotti but, there, so. I mean god yeah well that's the other thing a director of football who a is acting as a journalist during a major tournament because he's writing a weekly column for sport in Barcelona and b was appointed after the manager you don't you know, like if you're going to have a director of football for national teams, then you appoint him and then you say, who do you want as the manager? You're the director of national team football. And he wasn't there because of health problems or something. No, exactly. I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I, I don't think that Menotti... OK, I, I realise, of course, that he was a great figure, you know, before any particular of our older Argentine listeners who can remember the 1978 World Cup um, get too exercised about it. I'm not denying his importance to his, the history of Argentine football, but he's 80, why is he anywhere near the national team setup now? But anyway, nor him neither
1: uh, Peckerman are, are, are uh, I think have the age to to uh, be in the in the bench uh, and and be the director of, of the national team or the, 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 the coach, not the director, um, because I think that last week there was a a listener with a question of about Peckerman. Yes. Or, or, or not, I think, listener, it was a uh, question for you directly, I think. Hmm. But, um, uh, yes, but at least to have meetings with him. And I think that Scaloni and, and, and Menotti, at least, as far as I am concerned, haven't met uh, any any time. Um, they have press conferences, uh, Menotti talking and Scaloni talking, but not, I, I, I think, perhaps it
0: happened, and I don't know, but... Uh, uh, yeah, and, it's, and it is really weird, because if I was Scaloni, you know, who, who essentially after Sampaoli and his team all got, you know, fired or forced to resign or whatever, Scaloni didn't. Scaloni said, I want to be involved in the setup still, and then after everybody had left, he kind of turned around to the app and went, actually, guys, I'd really like to be a manager. Just to be clear here, Lionel Scaloni, for those who don't know, during last year's World Cup was a video analyst. He was looking at uh, the opposition and then giving feedback to um uh, to um, uh, Sampaoli and and, and and the rest of the technical team on how they ought to play it's a very different job to management I've, as I've mentioned on, on past episodes of Hand of Pod I know River Plate's video analyst at the moment he's a lovely guy he's a very intelligent guy I, uh, River fans might very well set fire to the Monumental if Marcelo Gallardo were to leave and then he was to become the new manager Um <laughs> Because that would be ridiculous. You, you don't. It, it's a different job fundamentally. Um, you know, Marcelo Gallardo might not be a very good video video analyst. Doesn't mean yes. that you know you, that, that one is automatically going to be a great manager. Um, so that's how essentially that's a potted history of how Scaloni ends up in the job. And if I was in Scaloni's position, wanting to become a manager, and suddenly entirely by accident I'm, I'm the manager of my national team and they go oh okay so as the director of football we're going to put this guy who as I've said in my opinion shouldn't be anywhere near um, the national team he, he won the World Cup but he won the World Cup 41 years ago but given that he knows a bit more about football management than I do in my position I would say I think I could have a chat with him you know yes, we're working yes. for the same organisation we're supposed to be yes. working quite we'll close together neutral. I'd really like to pick his brains about yes. Stuff. I mean, yeah, Scaloni probably knows better than Menotti but, does how the mind of a modern player works, given that Scaloni was a modern player until. But that a will be
1: That will be translated for, for media, like the. Yeah, like Menotti him.
0: managing the team, and of course. Uh, yeah.
1: Because there was a photograph a photogra- for, I think, a video uh, showing a, a meeting between the most experimental players, uh, uh, historical players, mm. with Scaloni. And that there was a discussion again like like it was uh, there was against uh, or with uh, Sampoli in the World Cup uh, last year and uh, apparently the players were uh, criticizing him for releasing to the media the day before of the match was played that he will make four changes in the t- to the team. Yeah. Uh, and, and that wasn't uh, that didn't like the players. Uh, so uh, it's this, the story that repeats and repeats and repeats and it's repeated and let me be a bit pessimistic, like you were optimistic about the female football, uh, because results are of course a coincidence of, of mistakes that are repeated and now, apart from not having a plan and not having a team, because we have good players, but we don't have backup players, we have the players that are are, that are jumping the pitch at the starting level and then you don't have Substitutes at their same level, mm. or 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 perhaps oh, they are at the same level, but they're brilliant. Uh, and and of course we 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 repeat again uh, that that Messi problem of being alone and and that the, uh, sometimes the, the the his teammates doesn't find him even because they what we say all the time is that the players want to give Messi the ball and and. and and release the the responsibilities.
0: Indeed, yeah, and actually that was something that Lucas Biglia said on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know whether you saw that interview, but Biglia, of course, stepped down from the national team after last year's World Cup um, exit, but was involved for a long time before that. And, you know, this idea that the players are expecting Messi to do everything for them is something that we, and that lots of journalists, and that, you know, lots of fans who watch the Argentine national team and and are on Messi's side, let's say, because I think we have to acknowledge, while. I think both of us would strongly disagree with those people that there is an argument um, and that there are two opinions on on who's to blame for that. Um, but, you know, it's something that people have speculated for years about, well, you know, the players look as if they're expecting Messi to do everything. On Tuesday, Beagley actually came out and said it. He said, when you don't have a clear plan, I've played under a lot of managers. I think he said, I think seven? Beaglia played under seven different managers for Argentina. Um, and he said when you play under a lot of managers, some of those managers have ended up not giving us the, the clearest plans, let's say. Um, and when you don't have a clear plan and you've got a player as good as Messi, you do end up giving them the ball and hoping that they'll sort it out for you. Yes, And that's, that's the first time that I'm aware of that a player who has actually been involved in the national team during the kind of cycle that we've been, essentially during the, the couple of World Cup cycles that we've covered on Hand of Pot, um, has actually come out and said that's what's happening or that's what happened when I was in the team you know 12 months ago so essentially it looks the same now Um, which I think is is remarkable and I was quite surprised that there wasn't a bit more made of that in say the papers on Wednesday morning and stuff because I thought that is a really big quote Um, that is you know to to give people who are listening from outside Argentina a a better and are about my age admittedly a better idea That, that would be as if you know, somebody from the England midfield of the early 2000s had gone on the radio in 2007 or 2008 or something and said, yeah, I don't know why the managers keep trying to play Lampard and Gerard together. They can't play together. It's kind of something that people have speculated on for a long time, but nobody actually involved in the team had come out and said it. And all of a sudden you've got somebody going, yeah, no, we were giving it to Messi and hoping he'd sort it out for us. I think Messi, Messi's a bit victim and, and guilty at the same time.
1: Uh, victim of the of, of the uh, of, of being Argentine, I think, because he <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think that there was a lot of people say that said, said this before. But if he were Spanish, of course, the, at this in the organization uh, item, he would be much better uh, uh, would have better company in, in there in the, in the in the team and guilty at the same time because he's so good that of course it's. Ten, Temptation for the other players to give the ball to him, uh, and not having creativity themselves, hmm. um, and of course those players are also victim of the uh, unguilty at the same time because they are playing for Argentina and they will have, they will be obliged to have better performances. But at the same time they are, I think they are blocked. They are, uh, they have. I, yesterday I think that a, a former. Uh, uh, assistant: of Isabella Guglielmi, I think it was or no, or Camino mm-hmm. um, was the one saying that this like uh, a negative energy in the national team. Yeah. That is of course, uh, it's like temp- um, I don't have to say it, but uh, uh, puts all the all the team in that uh, energy and, and makes them like. Uh,
0: it makes them feel like they can't win. It makes them feel suffocated. It, it makes the shirt heavier, essentially. Yes. Um, and it is, it's incredibly frustrating because when you look at the... But it, it's particularly frustrating. I, I got more frustrated by it yesterday than I have ever been at any point watching the national team since I got here. Because of those 20 minutes at the start of the, of the second half, when it was like suddenly, you're like, yes, this is the system. This is yes. the moment that Alejandro Sabella had in that World Cup qualifier against Colombia, when he'd, if I remember rightly, lost two and drawn one of Argentina's first um, three World Cup qualifiers after he took charge, mm-hmm. when they went to Colombia, and at half-time he made a couple of switches, he put Di Maria on for somebody or else somebody or other, and he ended up with Higuain, um, Aguero, Di Maria, Messi as the front four, and everything came, came together, and a couple of years later, that team were the team who you know reached the World Cup final. Um, the first twenty minutes of the second half yesterday, you thought obviously, not to anywhere near the same level, yes. but it was like this is it. There's some daylight yes. here. There's something that you can work with with this formation. And then Scaloni demonstrated as clearly as he could possibly have demonstrated that he hadn't seen the daylight. He doesn't know.
1: Has hasn't. Sorry, doesn't have the knowledge and. Yes. Uh, uh, but being, how,
0: how can he not have the knowledge? He was watching a completely different game to every other Argentine or being everyone the, else who was watching the match. being the coach is completely different. And you have a, a, a
1: match in which you are very, very tight and you have to find the results, however, mm. uh, somehow. And uh, you find uh, something similar to a team, far from spectacular, but similar to a team, and you destroy it. It shows that you are not very... You're a bit lost. Lassa. Yeah. Like I said in the, in the beginning, like uh, uh, he didn't know how to cope, how to. Well, I will uh, have this or found a way out and and, and uh, found the answer. Find the answer. Uh, of course, uh, we, not to mention the the that he said that the Lautaro Martinez had uh, some pain, and then Lautaro Martinez said, "No, it was a decision of, of Scaloni." Yeah,
0: it was actually after Lautaro Martinez yes. said that. Yeah, he he, he
1: was uh, he had some. I think. Uh, I wouldn't say pain, but he received a, a bad foul from uh, Gustavo Gomez yeah. in the first half. And he, uh, by the end of the first half, showed uh, some pain. But then, if, if he went uh, in, into the match in the second half, it, it meant he was all right, I mean.
0: Yeah, and uh, even then, I mean, you know, even if Martinez had to come off, which, according to Martinez, yes. was not the case, maybe that would have been the time to send on Matias Suarez or Paulo Di Bala and tell them to play up front. Uh, rather than sending on Angel Di Maria to play in, in the mid in, well okay not quite in the midfield but on the wing and, and shift back to the formation that had not worked during the first half yes. um, you know to at least try to keep the shape of the team even if in both Suarez and Dybala you've got a very different kind of, of forward not really a centre forward and in the last um, minutes to, to replace Martinez with
1: when when Matias Suarez was in the, in the match he made Di Maria go to the right the only thing he did there was to put uh, to change his profile or his the side and to to uh, make crosses or to uh, shoot crosses uh, with his, with his left
0: yeah yeah exactly I had to keep cutting back. Yes. Um, it was very frustrating it means that Argentina are playing for qualification um, on Sunday when they take on Quata. they have to win and even
1: winning they could be out with a lot of results Uh, yeah it would would be
0: pretty surprising given that the two best third place sides um, out of the three groups are also going to go through Uh, but just having a look oh this is only the group B standings so let's try and have a look at all of them Um, the group standings at the moment have so Argentina are bottom of group B by the way Um, they're on goal difference behind Cuatro because Cuatro have got goal difference of minus one and Argentina's is minus two um, Colombia have six points Paraguay two Qatar and Argentina both have one in Group B uh, this is with by the way everybody in Group A and Group B has played two matches and the second games for Group C are coming up later on um, in Group A it's Brazil on four Peru on four Venezuela on two and Bolivia on none um, and in Group C so far Chile and Uruguay have both won and Japan and Ecuador have both lost um, so if Argentina were to win then they'd have four points which would probably, you would think, be enough to get through as one of the two best-placed third teams, but, not, as, no. a, as you say, not necessarily. Um, won't be able to hold their breath. So, it's it's win and hope on yes. Sunday, really. I mean, they might still finish second. You know, if Colombia beat um, uh, Paraguay, then an Argentina win would be enough to, to take them second in the group and, and they'd be fine. Yeah, the
1: combination of results that should... Uh, uh, be given for Argentina not to qualify is that uh, it, there is a draw between Brazil and Peru yeah. that Venezuela uh, defeats Bolivia Paraguay wins Colombia and that three of, of out of four teams of Group C uh, finish with six points that will make Argentina be out of Copa America quarter yeah
0: uh, I always think it's a little bit dangerous to write articles like the one that you just brought up on your phone there before the second um uh, oh, yes. Matches in Group C have been played Because of course that might mean That by the time this podcast goes online You know like if uh, I mean what are the matches actually That are being played later on It is Uruguay versus Japan And yes. Ecuador versus Chile So if um, Uruguay and Chile were to win Or if those two matches were to finish in draws Then that would be impossible oh, Essentially yes. wouldn't it So so if if that happens um then, in other words, if, if Japan and Ecuador don't both win their matches before this podcast goes online, then a win on Sunday against Cuata will be enough to send Argentina through, uh, come what may. Yes. But, can Argentina beat Cuata? Um, well, yes.
1: That's <laughs> the, 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 the question that, of course, uh, after tonight's match, tonight's and, and the other day's match, uh, makes us not be sure of the answer.
0: I mean, I certainly think Cuata are bad enough. Um, but Argentina are, are bad enough to not take advantage of that fact either yes. uh, so it all depends I'd I just I'd love to see them start with Agüero and Martínez up front Messi in behind them OK that might not last the 90 minutes given that it's Agüero uh, given that he's not the most physically robust of players in Argentine national team history um, maybe Martínez will feel something as well maybe one of them will have to be changed but at least start with them try and get an hour out of them first and it, it, it's it got to be better than not trying at all. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, we're going to take a half-time break now. This was a very long... In fact, it was long enough to be an actual first half of a football game. 46 minutes. When we come back, um, we will answer some listeners' questions, so don't go away. Just a quick note that I thought of during the, um, break is that we don't want to be taking any, you know, praise away from Colombia or Paraguay. They played their part in, in the matches. Colombia definitely deserved to win. I thought the draw was probably about right yesterday, but Paraguay could very well have won it. Miguel Almirón, in particular was brilliant. Um, if you're a Newcastle fan and you're listening, you'll be happy to hear that, of course. Um but yeah I mean really it's difficult to praise them too much when Argentina were just so so bad uh, that's, that's the nub of it yes exactly. of course
1: Colombia and Paraguay played their their matches and they did well uh,
0: uh,
1: Colombia showing that finally well I wouldn't say that they are, they are candidates or they could be but showing I think impressive against Argentina and did what was necessary yesterday to, to, to defeat Qatar
0: yeah um Now we'll move on to listeners' questions. The first of those listeners' questions is from Dakota Andres, who says, Argentina were, quote, not contenders this year and said that the focus is on next year. But honestly, is it going to get any better next year? They look lost and without new ideas for too long. What needs to change? Well, everything. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. In in fact, you were talking about it just before the the break, weren't you? Um, The structure, the the structure of the AFA. Uh, the most obvious change that would have the biggest effect straight away, I think, would be appointing an actual manager. I'm struggling to find realistic um, suggestions, given that Marcelo Gasciardo doesn't look likely to leave River. Um, Gabriel Hainsey is is maybe one of the other most realistic ones who might actually be the best possible bet. Um, but obviously the absolute elite of Simeone, Pochettino are completely unrealistic and are not going to be taking the Argentina job any, any time soon um so I think you, you do have to look in the superliga for for the next job and obviously Beca Cese, a has just signed his contract with Independiente so they're not going to get him straight away and B I think might be seen as slightly tainted goods given his link with Sam Pauli last year even though he ended up fighting with San pauli last year
1: I heard today at the radio show something which is obvious or at least looks obvious that uh Simeone wouldn't uh, uh, be the coach of Argentina as long as Lionel Messi is in the team. Uh, taking into account the audios that were viralized and and link uh, leaked, uh, saying that Cristiano Ronaldo was a more normal player for the team, and uh, which is of course that there was a really
0: confusing thing with those though, where some comedian said he'd done them, and then something oh, else came out a couple of weeks later saying no, but some of them were real and some of them weren't or something. It was very. But weird. I heard
1: I heard that he wouldn't be. Uh, in the team with Messi there and and even when it wasn't uh, really him, Messi doesn't want either to, to have Simeone there, mm. which you could say, see, Messi doesn't uh, uh, put the players in the team and that, which of course it's, it's, it's I, I agree with that but uh, <coughs> Simeone is not a, a, a coach and he has already said that he wouldn't be the coach right now of Argentina same to Pochettino, same uh, to Heinze because he has renewed his contract with Vélez I think. Yeah. Uh, so there aren't any any coaches, but I don't want to de- uh, put this personal to a coach. Who who is the coach? Who is the because Afa, I mean Chiquitapia Tapia and other directors should make an announce after Copa America, especially if, if if the results aren't good, to say look we have to rearrange all the structure. Yeah. And don't expect results. Seriously, uh, not to, to only to say it and, 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 and that. And, and to rebuild the structures and, and to try to seek players. And, and,
0: and <laughs> I apologise if you can hear any clattering in the background. It's the, the, the cat was getting a bit restless because my girlfriend's just, just left. Um, so we've given her a mouse to play with. And she's put it straight under the oven. And, and well
1: for, for once, to start a plan, a project or whatever you make, you want to call it, uh, and a, a long term project and 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 uh, ask people not to expect for results for a long time because uh, we we can we, Argentina can defeat Qatar, of course on Sunday can qualify to a quarter finals
0: where well, they'll play Brazil probably
1: yes uh, and that'll go well uh, and that's not something of course uh, people people will criticize this anyway uh, the way of they are playing so I think the only possible solution to this is something. Utopical, uh, or, 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 or something that uh, hardly will happen.
0: Yeah, and but... as a short-term fix, I would think seriously about if, if you're aiming at the 2020 Copa America, try and work out a deal with either River or Belles. Um, and I mention this partly because I think Gachardo, of, of the options available, if they could get River to, to give him up, which they won't, Gachardo would probably be the best option. And Hainsey has been widely touted as, you know, maybe... The second best behind Gashadu uh, in the press, but try and talk to River and Belis and see if we, if we can work out a job share or something for twelve months, say. Again, and, and it would probably be easier to, from a political point of view, and, and, and from the point of view of having to deal with fewer incredibly angry fans, it would probably be easier to to do it um, with Hainsay. Say, look, can you take the Argentina job part time during, um, you know, the international breaks and, and and when you're not having to work with Belis, of course. There is still work to be done at club level during international breaks because the players who haven't been called up continue to train. Um, but maybe having some kind of guidance, at least, in a smarter tactical brain than Scaloni could, could count for something. But that's thinking seriously outside the box. And um, Although they have to have some very unusual ideas, they don't always like to follow through um, and, and to think about actual creative solutions to problems. Yes, and so. the, last,
1: the last thing I would say is that, apart from... from uh, really building something different or a project a serious project like other teams have done uh, like Germany for example even when they in the last World Cup wars their stats were awful hmm. uh, I mean something similar I don't trying to say that Argentina has to uh, imitate Germany but apart from that to meet with the directors of the clubs the coaches of the clubs and try to all of them have something in common and try to not uh, to quit this selfishness because I think that clubs are also selfish and and uh, when they want they say that they that the national team is the most important thing and then they don't give the players uh, something really really uh, in, to build something really in common with all yeah. of the parts of Argentine in football.
0: Indeed, uh, little bird says: Do you think Scaloni's constant changes in lineup, tactics, etc., uh, him trying to emulate Gazzardos' constant tinkering depending on form and rivals? But without Gachardo's tactical eye, I'm trying to find the reason behind his baffling choices. Um, I, I think it's a lack of, of conviction in his ideas, essentially. I mean, I'm, I'm going to repeat again, he's not a manager. Um, I don't actually blame him for not being good enough for the job. It, it's not him. It, it, Lionel Scaloni is not the person who gave Lionel Scaloni the job. It's not his fault that he's the manager. Um, and it's not entirely his fault that he's not a good enough manager because, again, <laughs> he, he said he wanted to become a coach and the AFA responded by giving him the national team job um, as opposed to going, OK, here are some details of some coaching courses you could do. Um, I, I think it's a lack of, of of convictions that he's born from the fact that he hasn't been a manager for you know longer than the last few months. Uh, he's not yet found his identity. And as you said before we we took our half-time break Andres um, he, he had put together a fairly stable team mostly made up of um, Argentina-based players so now when the Copa America comes around and, and the stars are all back in the team he's finding that a little bit tricky to deal with maybe perhaps if he'd had the conviction to not call any of the big stars up um, we might be seeing a more stable side Would,
1: but... I think what, that what Gachardo has in favour uh, of course I don't want try I don't want to compare uh, Gazzardo with Scaloni but uh, what I think Gazzardo has in favor is that if Gazzardo goes to the national team uh, 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 thinking or or believing that he will be the manager I, I my mean, a hypothetical situation that he's the manager I think that if he tells the player look go this side because it's the better thing for you to attack the, the rival and the players will believe him mm. that that's the best way Yeah. and indeed. at this point Scaloni Uh, perhaps they may say Lautaro Martinez, Messi, uh, Di Maria, uh, Agüero. Look, do this because it's the best way to... And perhaps they don't believe him. No,
0: absolutely. Uh, Dakota Andres is back. He says, do Newells stand any chance of staying up? Um, I've just quickly brought up the promedio table for the season to come. Um, It is worth pointing out that neither of the two promoted teams are on this table as soon as they start to play matches they will be and if they win matches they'll be at the top of it and if they lose then they'll be at the bottom of it. It's also worth mentioning um, that just a day or two ago the Super Ligas, I don't know whether it's actually officially called the Executive Committee but effectively the Executive Committee, the presidents of all the Super Liga clubs, met and agreed to hold a vote next week on reducing the number of relegations for the 2019-20 season to 2 um, there is a good chance that we will only see two teams relegated I'm assuming that they're not going to reduce the number of relegations for the Bay Nacional to either one uh, sorry for promotions from the Bay Nacional to either one or none um, which means that presumably in 2020 2021, there is a risk that we will have once again 24 teams in the Super Liga um, so that's one thing to bear in mind we're recording this without actually knowing how many teams are going to go down and therefore how difficult it's going to be for new ones to be in it um, at the moment, Newell's a joint bottom of the uh, points average table, um, along with Gimnasia. I would say they very much can't do stand a chance of staying up because those two teams are only two points behind Rosario Central, three points behind Patronato, um, and seven points behind Lanús Argentinos. Um, there are a bunch of teams who, who you know, are fairly close together, and we're going to have not just the league championship but then also the second league championship which is going to be called Copa Superliga but it's not going to be a cup it's going to be a league next season and um, and we'll also count towards the relegation battle so there are going to be plenty of games to play and so yeah I think Newell's and correspondingly Gymnasia, um, if they do the right job over the winter break can uh, both um, stay up for sure because they're not a million miles behind um, the teams above them. In fact, if you look at it, they're two points behind Central, both of them, and both of them got three points more than Central um, last season, and three three points more than Lanús as well, who they're three points behind. So, if we transpose those results over, <laughs> then they would overtake Central and Lanús.
1: And if it's official that they they are reducing the the number
0: of relegated players from four to two, yeah. of course, makes it easier. Obviously, if it's four going down, then right now that would be Niels Gimnasia, Central, Patronato, um, sorry, patronato I meant to say, lanus. Uh, I, I just said lanus and I meant to say patronato in, in the previous, uh, my previous little speech, so ignore that. Um, but yeah, then it would be those four going down and then it starts to look a little bit trickier because you've got to get seven points just to get safety. But even then it's not insurmountable. I mean, Argentinos are one of the teams who are seven clear of Newell's in the promedio table and last season, Newell's and Gymnasia um, both won seven points more than Argentinos. Um, Colón are one point above them and they only got one point more than Argentina so six points fewer than Newells and Gymnastia. It it is a surmountable gap let's say so they, yeah they do stand a chance ask us again about club football when the Copa America is over obviously um, Nikitarian says given the notoriety of some clubs ultras so I assume he means Barra Braba um, in Argentina how are the Barras of the national team do they come together to fight the common enemy or are there factions within the setup? How long have you got? So, a few years ago, there was this thing called Inchadas Unidas Argentinas. And if you read any Spanish, I would recommend that you Google that. (laughs) Um, And actually, if you search... I don't know whether it'll still be on ESPN. I haven't written for them for ages. And um, they've redone their website so many times that it's quite difficult to find stuff. But if you have a go at searching ESPN... Soccer, ESPN FC, anything like that, with my name, and then with the phrase Inchadas Unidas Argentinas... Um, You might, well, pop up with a few articles that I would have written around the time of the 2010 World Cup was when that came in, wasn't it? I think, yeah. Um, And you might find something enlightening there. Or you could also try searching wsc.co.uk, followed by my name and that same phrase, Inchadas Unidas Argentinas, um, because I also wrote something for When Saturday Comes, uh, which will almost definitely be online because they've digitised all of their back catalogue. Um, so you should be able to read that Uh, Peter Strum has kindly reminded us of a tweet he sent us a couple of days ago it is will there be more teams in the 2019-20 of the Primera B Nacional that's the second division since the top four teams didn't compete in the playoffs Barracas Central Atlante Estudiantes Caseros and Deportivo Riestra. yes there will that's the short answer Uh, next season's B Nacional is going to be Mammoth as we have mentioned a few times in recent weeks Um, English Dan in particular has talked about it and again we will get back to club football properly after the Copa America. But yeah, the, the short answer is there are going to be loads. Yes, Peter. Um, Casey Banini fan club cop says, as someone not living in Argentina, I'm quite curious as to how the media coverage is of the men's and women's national teams, respectively. While the women have made history and the men are a complete mess. Uh, he actually uses the Spanish word quilombo, which is one of my favorite Spanish words. Um, I wonder if the women are getting a fair amount of coverage compared to the men. <laughs> no, of no. course they're not Casey come on um i I very deliberately made the decision both last week and this week to talk about the women first um because that's not something that the most of the media have done um even when it's a much much happier story and a much more inspiring story to talk about right now, and I think it's just a, a better and more interesting story um as to how they've got where they are um In a way, it wouldn't be the same team if they were getting the same coverage because so much of this team's identity is tied up in this fight against the patriarchy, um, basically. But no, Argentina is still um, a misogynistic society. The AFA and the media in particular. um, And as a result, no, they're not getting anywhere near as much attention as they should be. They should be getting off the plane tomorrow at SESA to to a hero's welcome. And I'm sure that there will be some people who, who travel down there to welcome them, but it won't be anywhere near... The number of people and, who, sh- who should be doing, considering what they have achieved in comparison with what the Argentine women's national team achieved prior and, to. Them.
1: And you will see that from next week there won't be any more news or stories about female football. No, uh, exactly. Uh, unless there is a new contract hired by a, by a player. Yeah, I
0: mean, if it, when, when River or Boca or Racing or Independiente get round to handing out their first contracts, there will be a bit of a blaze of publicity around it, just as there was for San Lorenzo when they did it six six weeks or so ago um, but apart from that we won't hear anything else about w- women's football obviously yeah. on hand of pod we will because we took a decision at the start of the year to start covering it more um, yes. but in the wider Argentine media it's still it's definitely more visible than it was even six months ago um, but it still is not anywhere near as visible there as are the alternative
1: landscape. media uh, covering they, that but the ma- massive uh, news media no
0: that won't cover anything hmm. Uh, Ronnie Mazumda says Who would have thought about Argentina putting on a poor show um, We would have done yes. <laughs> That's the short one uh, Scaloni has yet to beat any Commonwealth team I would have liked them to lose uh, with, I would have preferred them to lose with the under-20 team I actually think that there were one or two players As I said a couple of weeks ago When they went out of the under-20 World Cup I think there are one or two players involved in the under-20 team Who could have done a job in, for the Copa America um, Ronnie says Moreno and Sosa Um, can't play any poorer than Paredes or Guido Rodriguez. Any tips on how to become the Argentina national team coach? I couldn't do a worse job than Scaloni. Turn up at AFA headquarters, tell them you want to become a manager. They'll give you the under-20 job and then a few weeks later they'll give you the national team job. That was how Scaloni did it. Belgrano in English says, which player who was left out of the Copa America squad by Argentina would have helped to shoot some life into the team? I'm thinking somebody like Franco Vasquez or maybe Papu Gomez. I would go for Ezequiel Barco. Having just, in the previous answer to the previous question, said I think there are players at the under-20 World Cup who could have done a job for Argentina, I'd have called Ezequiel Barco up, I think. Yeah, players
1: um, that could be dangerous for, yeah. the, uh,
0: for the rivals. Or, well, Of course, what well, Petey Martinez
1: was a bit uh, uh, lazy to, to adapt to the United States, and now he's starting to show something similar to what has done for River. Uh, but... Uh, yes Barco perhaps BT Martínez even with their recent not very good performances for, for the Atlanta United uh, United uh, yeah but players with more uh, capacity, individual uh, performance or capacity to to uh, to dange, uh, make, to be dangerous to, to the rivals or, yeah. yes to
0: break the lines yes. and, and everything yeah. I, I would also have thought about maybe a, a centre forward I don't know whether I'd take Adolf or Gaeth necessarily but there has to be another centre-forward at some point who you could put up, partly because, as I mentioned earlier, um, not so much Lautaro Martinez, yes. but certainly Sergio Aguero isn't the most robust of players. And if you decide to play with two up front, as I think is now, as I think, but Scaloni doesn't necessarily think, is now clearly the way to go for Argentina for the rest of the copper. Um, then you will be using your only two centre forwards, Um if we accept that Matias Suárez is more of a, a second striker. Um, but then when the you
1: talk, when you talk about this, you have the problem I mentioned before. You don't have the amount of players you had before. No, exactly. Uh, you'd you you'd be
0: looking at Gonzalo Higuaín, so it'd be a deeply unpopular call-up for a lot of national team fans.
1: Icardi, who hasn't
0: been playing uh, well, he now is. Oh, Icardi can't. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's a tremendously talented player, but after the, the six months that he's had, mostly off the picture, into that being the whole point. Um, and also the the struggles that he's had to adapt to the team as a group. I don't think that you can really justify playing him. That's the difficult thing. Even though I think that in an ideal world, there would be yes. a place for him.
1: Yes, that's the problem. You have then River supporters asking Prato to be called up, which would be really a, a bigger surprise than Matias Suarez's called up, perhaps. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's it's difficult to find players to, to replace the ones who are now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Racing Club in English says, Thoughts on Lautaro and Agüero as a partnership? I mean yeah I, I thought it was the best 22 minutes of Argentina's yes. Copa America so far in short they complemented each other pretty well but just as importantly again opened up a load of space for the rest of the team to work in um, so yeah I, I think it's the way forward for, for this limited amount of time long term you need to be looking for another centre forward because was not going to be around forever but um, yeah, uh, oh god I hope I'm going to pronounce this name correctly uh, Prezemek Sobstil I apologise if I've mangled your name Says, why are all, really all, players performing so much worse in the national team than for their clubs? (sighs) Where do we start? They don't have any direction, is is the short answer. Again, I know I sound like I'm placing everything on Scaloni, and I'm going to repeat, therefore. It's not his fault that he's not good enough to do the job. Um, But he's not good enough to do the job. Number two from Prezemek. Isn't it all too messy focused these days? And doesn't that do a lot of harm to everyone—fans, journalists, and the players' mentality? Um, is it actually for the—is it actually brackets for the press and fans still about the national team winning anything, or is it rather about Messi winning something at international level? That's an interesting one. I do think it is a bit too focused around Messi. I also think Argentina are very schizophrenic in the way they do it because. There will be matches in which they rely way too much on him in the way that um, I described Lucas Biglia describing in the first half of the podcast today. Um, and then the very next match, they will all but entirely ignore him, which is what seemed to be happening during the first half uh, yesterday, for instance, for me. Which is when a lot of people start jumping on it and going, no, but he's not showing for the ball. And you like, I think he is showing for the ball, but they're not giving it to him perhaps Paraguay
1: marking was good also yeah
0: um, so it's a tricky one there has to be a happy medium and I think they found the happy medium again when the space got opened up when the midfielders had a little bit more time on the ball to actually pick the correct pass which yes a lot of the time is going to be to Lionel Messi and sometimes it won't be Um, and I don't think that's a surprise Um, but yeah and and for the for the press and the fans I think it's absolutely about Argentina winning something Um, of course there is a certain number of people I'm among them but I'm not really a member of the Argentine press obviously who would love to see Messi win something with the national team and who are of the opinion that it's going to be a tremendous waste if Argentina can't break their trophy drought during his career um, but yeah I, th- I mean I think that the the, the greater um, desire at least the impression I have is is for Argentina to win something whether Messi's in the squad or not I don't know whether you agree with that Andres
1: um, Yes and, and Messi uh, has the unlucky uh, not that lucky. he's not the lucky charm i think but he he's uh, unlucky enough to fall in in, in a uh, in times in which argentina doesn't have the players to back up him or to uh, be, the, be with him in the team um something that perhaps before didn't happen before and that's a yes that's the real problem because um uh, his, every time it, uh, that Argentina plays, we see him more and more I- isolated, uh, which, of course, means uh, that there isn't a isn't the team. And, and this, there is this, uh, again, what you said about Biglia telling or confessing that Messi. you expect Messi to do everything.
0: Yeah. Um, Przemek then has a third question. Can you imagine the 2026 Argentina team uh, being a big threat again? without the AFA mess and drama and with Pochettino, Simeone or Guardiola type coach at the helm? Or are we doomed forever now? Um, So the first thing is that's in seven years time. And when we're talking about the AFA, six months is a very long period of time. So it's impossible to say. However, I'm entirely confident that in seven years time, the AFA will still be a mess. um, Because the AFA has been a mess since it was founded in... (laughs) I mean, they they date their foundation back to 1893, I think it is, don't they? Although that's debatable because the actual current organisation um, wasn't founded until about the 1920s or 30s. Um, but they've been a mess the entire time. They never stopped being a mess. They were a little bit more ordered, perhaps, under Julio Grandona because everybody was terrified of him. Um, but they were no less corrupt or, or any of the rest of it. Um, so they're still going to be a mess. Pochettino, Simeone, Guardiola. I mean, Guardiola does not have a FIFA-recognised national team to manage of his own, um, as, as he puts it, because, of course, he doesn't um, uh, feel that he is Spanish. Um, but I think that a lot of the noises he's made in the past about, oh, I'd love to manage Argentina. Um, I'd, he, you know, he's also said he'd love to manage Brazil. He said he'd love to manage a lot of, of national sides. Um, so I don't think we should put too much into that. Simeone and Pochettino, I think, are still going to be club managers in Europe at that time. If the AFA don't act smartly then Gachardo or Hainsey and the, the rest of their ilk might very well be as well um, so who knows essentially who, who knows who the manager's going to be who knows who's going to make up the bulk of the team um, it's hard to say um, yes. and his final question is which will be better for Argentina getting eliminated by Quater now after a scoreless draw or similar or getting devastated by Brazil in the quarter finals Andres what do you have to think as an Argentine
1: yeah, definitely to to be eliminated in in group stage. That's easy, easy question. Uh, and and uh, the bet the harder the defeat the defeat the the more realistic will be for AFA or to realize AFA that they want to, they need to change something right now and 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 not in the short term uh, because I, 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 I understand supporters wanting or, or this uh, uh, looking for results uh, immediately, but. Directors should have a calmer vision hmm. uh, 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 and say, "Look, don't look for, don't don't expect results right as I said, uh, results because we have to uh, start a new process." But Chiqui Tapia said recently, and I I mentioned this two two, episode, two episodes before, that he liked what Scaloni ha- have done yeah. so far, but the results are the ones who will determine uh, how he
0: was uh, in the national team. So it's the same. Yeah, I mean the other uh, thing is that. You're co-hosts of the next Copa America which is in 12 months time so it's difficult to go into a tournament which Argentina are hosting or co-hosting um, and say yeah the results don't matter in this one like if you're co hosts then you've got to you know be making the semi-finals at least um, and so to an extent the results do matter in a way that it maybe wouldn't if next year's Copa America was being played in you know just in Colombia or in Peru or in you know any other country on the continent, but the fact that Argentina are going to be playing their own games at home in front of loads of Argentine fans, um, I think does have. It, it's going to end up weighing on it, from a political point of view. You know, let's let's put well political in uh, in inverted commas, but um, I, I think uh, for better or worse that it's going to end up having an effect. Um, Final questions are from Liam Kelly, who is not related to me, who says, I don't get Scaloni and his tactics at all. Is it more to do with the system, the personnel, or both? Is he worse than Maradona? A win against Quattah looks far from a foregone conclusion, and even then it may not be enough to advance. We've kind of answered that one already, actually. Um, I I think it's more to do with with him as a manager and, and the lack of conviction and with not seeing the system. I think that the personnel at least for those 22 minutes during the first half, uh, during the second half, sorry, um, on Wednesday evening, uh, the personnel were there, uh, apart from Nicolas Ottomendi, who, the the inhabitants of Nicolas Ottomendi's living room, need to erect a statue to Franco Armani for that penalty save, because Ottomendi, the the hilarious thing I found about that, actually, as well, we didn't really mention the foul, um, was that he later committed another foul and got booked for it. And that was when I realised, hang on, he didn't even get booked (laughs) <laughs> you get yes. booting Derlis Gonzalez up the arse in the penalty area, that was hilarious um, but yeah, I mean, apart from, from him I, I would go with an 11 a starting 11 against Cuata that, that looked very similar to the team who started the second half um, against uh, Paraguay on, on Wednesday night uh, Is Scaloni worse than Maradona? As a motivator, definitely yes. uh, I think, you know as a lot of long-term listeners will be aware I... He, he, I, although he was no longer manager before we started recording, but you know a lot of you follow me on Twitter and whatnot will be aware um, that I was not Diego Maradona's greatest fan as a manager. I'm not his greatest fan as a person either. Um, but one thing that is undeniable is that he worked very well to motivate the team, even if he didn't have a clue tactically. Uh, whereas Scaloni doesn't seem to have a clue tactically, and also struggles to motivate them. Um, well, it's
1: hard to motivate these players anyway, for anyone. I think even Maradona would have will found it quite a, a complex uh, work uh, and to to really motivate the, these players
0: of course I'd, I'd have a bit more hope that Maradona would go with two up front though I mean those two might very well be you know yes. God knows who Dario Mara- Benedetto and, and some clogger from All Boys in the third division or something but what, what Maradona would play two do, strikers ahead what of what Maradona Messi.
1: would do right is to tell the players look play you play football and the critics will go for uh, to myself, mm. and, and I will support you uh, because you are the players, and I am the head of this national team. That's perhaps the only thing he could yeah. say, and, and the players will respect him because he's Maradona. Scaloni, the players will might might tell one each other "This is Scaloni. He's
0: he has coached the first his first match the other day." Yeah. Um, finally, Matthias Silberstein says, "When was the last time Argentina had a dominating win?" Against a good team, I need help because I can't remember the last time I saw this play, this team play well—not just win, but dominate and play good attacking football. It's been years, hasn't it? And why does Messi keep coming back? The other don't deserve him. Um, semi-finals of the 2016 Copa America Centenario, in my opinion. Can't remember who the victims were, but they won like six. Was it Mexico? Or was what? that? Chile who, who beat? No, Chile. Was Chile the beat final. Mexico and Argentina. Won theirs. I mean, they they both scored loads. I remember Chile, both the semi-finals were complete whitewashes, weren't they? Uh, let me just quickly look up the score, because I bet you Argentina haven't won anywhere near similarly since then. The Copa America 2016 semi-finals finished in... Okay, jump to quarterfinals. I'd love to do... Um, wins for Chile and Argentina by scorelines of... Here we go. Argentina beat the USA 4-0. Uh, Lavezzi, Messi, and two from Higuain. Chile beat... Oh, I'm misremembering. Chile beat Colombia 2-0. So what was the other big thrashing I remembered then from Chile? Uh, they, ah, they beat Mexico 7-0 in the quarters. That was it. Um, Argentina got a 4-1 win over Venezuela in the quarters, followed by a 4-0 win over the US in the semis. Um, and then, of course, a penalty shootout defeat. So yes. that's the last time I can remember... Uh, because they certainly didn't do it at the World Cup they in Pauli's first game in charge they played Brazil in a friendly and they got a very scrappy 1-0 win which was not dominant at all um, and at no point since then have they looked really good no, no neither with Sampaoli
1: nor, nor with uh, Bausa or, or Scaroni they have, they have any dominance I think uh, so we have to yes have to remember Martino's games Uh when Martino was in charge.
0: Yeah. I'm actually gonna try because most of the um Copper America uh sorry, most Copper America, what did I say that for? Most of the Wikipedia pages of national teams um have recent uh results somewhere on them, so I'm just having a look to see whether the whether I can find it for the Argentine one. Competitive record results of fixtures, twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Let's have a look. Um in twenty eighteen they didn't play anything before the first World Cup match, did they not? 1-1 with Iceland, 3-0 loss to Croatia, 2-1 win over Nigeria, 4-3 defeat to France, 3-0 over Guatemala in a friendly, 0-0 with Colombia, 4-0 against Iraq. Um, 1-0 defeat to Brazil, 2-0 two 2-0 wins over Mexico. Um, in those two first friendlies for oh no not not the first friendly, sorry, but those two friendlies in which Scaloni looked to be getting things right. And then so far this year it's been a 3 1 defeat to Venezuela, 1-0 win over Morocco, 5-1 win over Nicaragua. And then the two matches we've just talked about in the Copa America. So certainly not for the last two years. Uh, not not for the last year. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think that that's it as well. What are we predicting for the weekend, Andres? Do you think we're going to Argentina are going to get the win over Quator that they need, and will it be enough?
1: Yes, they will, uh, and they will. I think face Brazil in the quarterfinals. And please go help us in that case. <laughs> Yes, it won't be, of course, an easy victory and or a very long, a a, a lot of goals scored by Argentina. It will be one or two goals. This difference. Uh, Yes, they will qualify as a third, I think. Um,
0: Yeah, I I think it's gonna be um the same. Or well, or as a a second, if Colombia defeats Paraguay, Mm. Um, which I think is a real possibility. Actually, Colombia had to dig very deep against Cuata um, but if they can get their shooting boots on then I think that they can... but in
1: that case I think that they won't play Brazil if they are
0: second no no Brazil assuming that Brazil win Group A which is not a given given that they were held uh, the other day by Venezuela yes. um, they, they might end up finishing second as well uh, but the winners of Group A will, will play a third place team um, so yeah if, if, if Argentina scrape into second then that wouldn't be them um, I'm going to go with the scrappy Win as well. I think it'll be a goal in it, probably from Messi, um, because, you know, he's crap and doesn't do anything for the national team, and yet he always ends up scoring important goals for them. Um, And that's about it. Thank you very much for listening for another week. This one's been an epic um, hand of pod, even by our usual standards, so thank you for being patient enough to get through it all if you've listened for this long. We will be back next week to hopefully review a crushing Argentina victory. Um, and a stroll into the quarter or semi-finals depending on when we record I don't know when the quarter-finals are being played anyway it will depend uh, when Argentina's match is next week if they get to the quarter-finals might well dictate when we record next week but for now thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye from Andres thank you and goodbye and from me thanks and goodbye